morning. Welcome to New Hope in Hawaii. We are so glad that you came to join us. Well, as you can see, we are continuing our series, A New Life by Design. Well, Pastor Charlie Kama will be sharing about I Am Unique. Did you know that every single person here today is unique? Yeah, that's true. There's no one else like you. And you might be thinking, thank God. But you are unique. And instead of us trying to compare ourselves with other people and trying to be better than other people, why not be a better you? That's what Pastor Charlie is going to bring to us this morning. So, would you welcome with me Pastor Charlie Kama as he shares God's Word. Let's welcome him up this morning. Well, good morning. And happy belated Valentine's Day. This is our month of love. And if you wasn't here for the Katinas, I guess the word would be awesome. They were awesome. And then this weekend coming up, we have our um, Art of Marriage. Is happening on, on Friday and Saturday. So if you haven't signed up, we have information for you at the information uh, center. We are, as Pastor Sheldon said, we are continuing with our series, A New Life by Design. And this morning, I like to talk about you guys. Yeah, not in one bad way, in one good way, on how God created you unique. As, he, as Pastor Sheldon said, everybody in this auditorium has their own unique way by design. You have your own unique smile, you have your, your own unique look, you have your own unique character about yourself. This morning we all got up and we got ready in our own unique way and putting on our own unique style, our own unique fashions that we have. We all are created unique. Some of us got, got up this morning to get ready and we took a hot shower, some of us didn't. Some of us brushed their hair, and some of us didn't. I can see it from here. Everybody going like, yeah. Some of us brushed our, brushed our teeth, and some of us have your own unique way of getting ready. You are all created unique, and maybe you're, 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 we have our own unique way of speaking, of laughing, of singing, and you've been standing next to the person uh, next to you and you've been listening to them sing for the last half hour and you may be thinking, boy, this, this person has a really unique way of singing. And that's your spouse that's sitting right next to you. We all are created unique in our own way. And I want to tell you this morning that God created you that way from the beginning of time. It was by design and not by chance that we're created this way. Our uniqueness didn't just happen. We're created with a plan and with a purpose behind Everything that God does. Amen? So that's a great way to start off our, our service this morning, knowing that we are unique and we are special. So I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, you are special. You know, I just love it when, when we could just say something so, ex you know, lifting up people, encouraging them with just a small word as you are special and that the joy of the Lord can just fill this sanctuary this morning. And that's what I want you guys to catch this morning. I want you guys to catch that God is going to do something special in us. And that the joy of the Lord can be felt when we encourage one another. Because maybe you, you're here this morning and you may be feeling a little down and out. Maybe you, you're feeling unworthy or undeserving, maybe unfit. 
maybe shameful, maybe disgraced to be a part of God's plan for your life. Well, this morning I want you to, I'll, I'll give you some good news. This morning we're going to shake all that emotions out of you because you are special and you are unique in God's eyes. Amen? So this morning we're going to look at how God created us unique and provided a unique plan by design, not by chance. So if you haven't figured it out yet, God has a plan for all, all of us with a design and with a purpose behind it. It's not just for us as pastors or, or ushers or people who serve or seem to have their lives in, in, in perfect order because believe me, we don't. We are still learning just like you. So this message this morning is for all of us. So if you got your Bibles, would you open them up to the very first book of the Bible, which is Genesis. And we'll start from the very beginning of verse number one. You may also take out your, your, your notes this morning so that you could follow along with us as we go through the message. So Genesis chapter one, verse one. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep and the spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light and there was light. God saw that the light was good and he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day and the darkness he called night. And there was evening and there was morning the first day. And God said, let there be a vault between the waters to separate water from water. So God made the vault and separate the water under the vault from the water above it. And it was so. God called the vault sky. And there was evening and there was morning the second day. And God said, let the water under the skies be gathered to one place and let dry ground appear. And it was so. God called the dry ground land and the gathered waters he called seas. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, let the land produce vegetation, seed bearing plants and trees on the land that bear fruit with seed in it according to their various kinds. And it was so. The land produced vegetation, plants bearing seeds according to their kinds and trees bearing fruit with seed in it according to their kinds. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening and there was morning the third day. And God said, let there be lights in the vault of the sky to separate the day from the night and let them serve as signs to mark sacred times and days and years. And let there be lights in the vault of the sky to give light on earth. And it was so. And God made two great lights, the greater light to govern the day and the lesser light to govern the night. He also made the stars. God set them in the vault of the sky to give light on the earth, to govern the day and the night, and to separate light from darkness. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening and there was morning the fourth day. And God said, let the water team with the living creatures and let the birds fly above the earth across the vault of the sky. So God created great creatures of the sea and every living thing which 
with which the water teems and that moves about in it according to their kinds and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. God blessed them and said, be fruitful and increase in number and fill the waters in the seas and let the birds increase on the earth. And there was evening and there was morning, the fifth day. And God said, let the land produce living creatures according to their kinds, the, li- the livestock, the creatures that move along the ground and the wild animals, each according to its kind. And it was so. God made the wild animals according to their kind, the livestock according to their kind, and all the creatures that move along the ground according to their kind. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, Let us make mankind in our image, in the likeness, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. And God created mankind in his own image, in the image of God. He created them male and female. He created them. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth, subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the earth, on the ground. Then God said, I give you every seed bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with, it, with seed in it. They will be yours for food. And to all the beasts of the earth and all the birds in the sky and all the creatures that move along the ground, everything that has the breath of life in it, I give every green plant for food. And it was so. God saw all that he had made and it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning the sixth day. So we see here that as we read this, when God created the heavens and the earth, God spoke it and it came into existence. God said it and it appeared. He spoke about the sky and the land and the waters, the birds, the animals, the livestock, the sun, the moon, the stars, and they all appeared. He spoke about the trees and the the fruit of the trees which bore their own kinds of seed in it and it came into existence. But when God got ready to to create mankind, he created us in in a special way. He created us in his own image. So we're going to look at Genesis chapter 2. And in the beginning of the the chapter, it just states that God rested on the seventh day. And he he made that day holy. And we know it as the the day of Sabbath, the day of rest. So we're going to start at at verse number 5. Now no shrub had yet appeared on the earth. And no plant had yet sprung up. For the Lord God had not sent rain on the earth. And there was no one to work the ground. But streams came up from the earth. And watered the whole surface of the ground. And here's what I want you to catch this morning. Verse 7. Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground. And bred into his nostrils the bread of life. And the man became a living being. So up to this point of creation, God spoke it. And what he spoke came into existence. But when God created us, mankind, he did something different. He did something very special. When he created us, God got into it. He got down and dirty. 
He created us with his own hands. Now for you, for those of you who bake, okay? So if you take a lump of flour, just flour, without no water and without no milk added to it, and you try to form something, it's not going to stick. It's, it, it'll just fall apart. But watch this. By design, God brings forth water, not rain. He, he didn't make it rain yet. He, he, he brings forth water up from the earth. So water sprung up from the ground so that God could mix this water with the dirt to make mud. And God got down in dirty. He, he put his hands to the mud and he, and he formed this figurine or this image of man. You guys following me this morning? Yes. So we're not like the rest of his creation, which he spoke into existence. We were created in our own unique way by the hands of our living God, by God himself. And that's your first point to, for today. And I, I believe this is a very important point for us to know this morning. Number one, I am created unique. I am created unique. So would you welcome Lance this morning? <clears throat> so I want to take you guys back and, and, and just imagine, just imagine the very day that God got down and dirty, got into the mud and started forming the perfect man. Again, I want you guys to imagine Okay. So, 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 so scholars believe that God started with, with the, the feet and then worked his way up to, 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 to our head. But I believe that God started with our head as he formed. So God created the head. He probably had some moss to, for, for some hair, but um, this is what happens over time. Okay. So he creates the form of our head and then he, he put brains into our head. Um, I don't believe he used a measuring cup he just, you know, went by fate for some of us. So he gave us brains and then he started to mold our eyes and then he started to mold our nose in special ways and then our mouth and then our, our, our chin. And then he started to, to mold our, our, our shoulders and you could actually uh, imagine that there's lightning and stuff forming and he's just creating the arms and then he created our torso and then down to our feet, right onto our, uh, down to our legs and to our feet. God got down and dirty when he created us. He got personal. That's how unique each and every one of us were created. He created us with his own hands. And then the Bible says that he bred his ha, he bred his spirit, the bread of life into the image. So this Anybody give him bread mint? <laughs> so, anyway, Lance, thank you so much for coming up, buddy. Thank you, Lance. Listen, mankind, you and I, we were created in the image of God himself. And it, is, it was his very own hands that molded us into existence. And we're, we, we were given his, his spirit his very own breath to live in us for life. And I think that's something very special and very unique, amen? But I'd say that we have to grasp that. We have to hold on to that. We have to capture that thought 
and treasure that in our heart, in our knowing that we're unique and we're valuable to God. That's something that we should be grateful for, something that we should be thanking God for. Because we are special. He created us that way. He created us in our own unique way, each and every one of you, different. King David of the Old Testament knew that. He knew his uniqueness and his place. And he placed that thought in the depths of his soul and he praised God every day for his uniqueness. He appreciated how God created him. And I think we need to do the same. We need to be confident of our uniqueness. Because knowing this and thanking God for our uniqueness sustains us when our uniqueness is challenged because it will be challenged. Your uniqueness will be challenged. King David remembered his uniqueness of God when his enemies came against him. He says it this way in Psalms 139, 14. I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works and that my soul knows it well. We are fearfully and wonderfully made, guys, and made in the image of God. And I encourage you, be confident in this and know you're unique. And here's why. Because we all fall short of the glory of God. And we've all sinned. And along with our sins comes the emotions of guilt. And through Jesus Christ, yes, we have a design plan of repentance which releases that guilt. And God forgives us through repentance. The problem is that we have an adversary who wants to discourage us of who we are and he wants to take away your identity and he wants to take away your own uniqueness. John 10.10 reads, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I come that they may have life and have it to the fullest. We've all made bad choices. We've, we, we, we all will sin. Everyone does. The only one that doesn't sin is Jesus Christ himself who was without sin. But we don't have to remain in our sin. We don't have to remain in that guilt. And we don't have to give up our uniqueness or, or our true identity in Christ. Sin will do that to us because of guilt and shame. Because that's the result of sin and it kills us spiritually. Here's the difference between guilt and shame. Guilt is recognizing what we've done, recognizing the sin. Shame is seeing ourselves as a failure because of what we've done. But true guilt leads us to repentance. True guilt leads us to repentance. And repentance should remove the guilt. Repentance should restore us to our uniqueness and our identity as a, as a child of God. But there's something the enemy throws at us which is called false guilt. The false guilt is when we've repented, but Satan continues to rip us apart, reminding us of our sin and our past failures. He sticks it into our conscience, into our minds. And if we're constantly meditating on false guilt, Sooner or later, it will turn into shame. And shame is a false image of how we see ourselves 
in our conscience through our failures, which destroys our confidence as the created being of the living God, of our own uniqueness. That's why I want to encourage you this morning and say to you, neighbor, you are special and you are unique. Say it with me, neighbor, you are special and I am unique. I am a child of God. I know who I am. We just sang that song this morning. And we need to put that. We need to say it. We need to say it to us every day. If we don't, then we will remain meditating on shame. And shame will get to us. And we'll give up our God-given birthright. We need to get rid of the false thoughts the enemy uses against us. And the weapon that we use to, to fight against this is the spirit of God and his word. Which liveth within us. He bred that in us. Second Corinthians 10, 4-5 reads, The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. Our de- de- we demolish arguments and every pretense, which is those false images, every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Capture those thoughts and break down those strongholds of these imaginary lies and these imaginary self-doubts that we can hold within us. We got the word of God and we got God himself fighting for you. Amen? Don't allow the lies of the enemy to steal and to kill and to destroy who you are and take away your uniqueness. So here's your second point. Don't give away your uniqueness. Number two, don't give away your your uniqueness. There's a story in the Bible and it's actually in the the book of Genesis 2, uh, chapter 25. And it's a story of two brothers, um, Esau and his brother Jacob. Esau uh, was a hunter, and, and he practically lived for hunting. He practically lived in the open fields. And Jacob was one who would um, stay around the home and kind of take care of the home and the house and do the daily chores. Well, one day Jacob was cooking up some stew. Yeah, some stew. I'll eat stew right now. Yeah. <laughs> But he was cooking up some stew and, and Esau comes in from the hunt and he comes into the house and he, he was practically starving. He was on the verge of starvation. And then he comes into the home and he smells the stew and he says, Jacob, um, I need some stew. Would you give me some stew? And then Jacob turns to Esau and he replies to him and he says, the only way that I'm going to give you some stew is if you sell me your birthright. If you sell me your birthright. Well, Esau, being hungry and just wanting to satisfy his hunger and his, 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 his natural um, flesh, says this to, to Jacob in Genesis 25, 32. He says, look, I am about to die, Esau said. What good is my birthright to me? It also states that Esau despised 
his birthright and he sold his birthright to Jacob. For some of us this morning, maybe we're starving for some spiritual enlightenment, some spiritual stew that we need. And we practically do anything, anything to satisfy our natural needs right now. And like Esau, when our self-esteem, our uniqueness is challenged, we'll believe the lie of who we are and we'll give up our God-given birthright as a created being of the living God. We'll believe the lies instead of the truth because we're desperate and we're vulnerable right now. And the Bible says the enemy comes at a most opportune time. I've been there many a times and my birthright was challenged many a times. In about the early 90s, I, I believe I was living a good life. I was doing good. I had a loving wife, uh, three kolohe, but wonderful kids. Um, I had a roof over my head. I was coaching basketball and I was coaching football for, for, for um, Panaeva and um, Nakuas. And, and I was volunteering and helping these kids out. I was doing okay for myself until I got into this drug scene. When I got into that drug scene, man, my life just went downhill without me even knowing that because I was so prideful. On the inside, I knew the right from wrong, but on the outside, I just wanted, I had so much greed for more and more and more ads. I was so selfish about myself. And the more I did it, the more power I wanted. I don't think I was a bad person, but the more people that I could influence with the drugs, the more, peop- the, the more power I wanted. And I lost touch with who I was. But the true influence wasn't on the people that I was trying to influence. I was the one being influenced by the enemy. And he challenged my identity. He challenged my uniqueness. Slowly but surely, he, he came down on me in my vulnerability. The enemy closed in on my identity right up to the day he took it, right up to the day I gave it to him. And it was the day that I got busted for drugs. He did such a number on me. He started to put that guilt and he started to put that shame and it was devastating. I didn't want to face my family. I didn't want to face my friends. I didn't want to face the community. I didn't want to face the people that that I, I associated with. I was caught up in my shame and I began to believe that I was the person the world said I was. And I bought into that. I gave away my God-given identity. I had become the product of what the world said that I was. And after completing my time in jail, I came to this church and that was over 17 years ago. And slowly the process of restoration began in me. I heard the message of reconciliation and that message told me that God had a plan for me as he has for everyone. But in the beginning, I struggled. I wrestled with God. How many of you guys wrestle with God? Yeah, we wrestle with God in the stuff that, that, that we, we are challenged with. But it's a good place to be because I had to learn and I had to fight for my identity back. And slowly it did. Today I continue to be a part of his plan and not mine. And I praise God because he's brought me back my uniqueness. 
And he gave me back my identity. And here's what I want you to know. My soul knows it very well on who I am today. You see, the enemy will try to kill you. It'll try to kill your spirit. And he'll try to steal our identities. He'll, he'll even try to destroy your life. Here's a good word. But he can't own it. Only if you allow it. He can't own you. Only if you allow it. We are created in the image of God. We are his chosen sons and daughters. We are his workmanship and not the enemies. We are created in his uniqueness and not the enemies. And our uniqueness is given to us by God for our specific reason. And Paul states it this way in Ephesians 2.19. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. We are his workmanship and we should know that very well in our soul and we should walk in them. He knows the thoughts of our hearts. He knows that it's desperately wicked, which we cannot tame on our own. So he being an all-knowing God, created a unique plan for his chosen people and called us out of our sins into his glorious light, which is his unique love that he has for each and every one of us. The apostle Paul puts it like this. In first, the apostle Peter puts it like this in 1 Peter 2.9. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of the darkness into his marvelous light. You see, God has called us to be his people, his chosen ohana, his chosen family, but we fall in prey to the tactics of the enemy. And maybe for some of us, we've given into those lies. We've given into those false accusations. We've been meditating on it for a long time and we've given away our identity, and we've separated ourselves from God. I got good news today for you. It's okay. It's okay. Because God already knew that we we're going to do that. And He understands, He knows our hearts. The good news is, He has a plan. And that's your last point. Number three. Follow his unique plan. Follow his unique plan. God has created us in a unique way, and we've already established that this morning. And what God started from the beginning of time, he will bring to completion. We all started off our lives as good, and God still sees us as that. He still sees us as very good. It's like starting a new semester of school in this class called life. And we're all starting off this class with a grade point average of A+. And we go through this semester, we go through this course, and, and for some of us, we, we may miss an assignment and we may be absent for some time. And it weighs hard on us. And, and, and for some of us, we're thinking, man, in my failures, 
I failed God and I failed myself. And we want to give up. And we would be more satisfied with just accepting the A or the F. For some of us, you may be right there this morning. Maybe you're comparing your life with someone else's and thinking, why am I in this situation and not them? And maybe you're feeling that there's nothing left for you in life. You're feeling as though you're, you're a failure and you're discouraged. Maybe someone spoke ill of you and, and told you that you're unfit or you're no good and you're feeling unworthy and undeserving of God's redemptive love. Maybe you've been trying your best to no avail and things aren't just working out for you right now. Maybe you lost hope. Well, I'm here to tell you this. Neighbor, you are special and you are unique and you're valuable in God's eyes and God has a wonderful plan just for you. God made you, you. He made you, you. No one can take that from you, no one. Not even the enemy. Oh, he can try, but only you can give it away. The only person that can make any improvements on you is you and God. Don't give away your birthright. God has a unique redemptive plan for us. That he sent his one and only son, Jesus Christ, who died for our sins to restore our relationship with the Father and give us back our uniqueness, our self-worth and our identity in Him, the way He formed us to be. You're special. Say it again with me. I am special. I am unique. You are. And He loves you. Ephesians 1-7 reads, 1-7 to 11 reads, in him we have redemption through his blood. The forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. And he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure which he purposed in Christ to be put in effect when the times will have reached their fulfillment, to bring all things in heaven and on earth together under one head, even Christ. In him, we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will. That's his plan. In order that we, who were the first to hope in Christ might be for the praise of his glory. This morning, I'm here to tell you, don't ever think lowly of yourself. You are a unique person created in the image of God. We may have gone through some bumps in the road, but God is still creating us into his image today. He didn't just do it yesterday. He's the same yesterday, today, 
Even tomorrow, he'll be creating in us. As we follow his plan, although we may have fallen, we can stand because he has given us a unique plan of salvation through Jesus Christ. A plan of a new life, not by chance, by design. We're created new when we believe and we receive him in our hearts. 2 Corinthians 5.17 and 2.19 reads it this way. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, who is in Christ? All right, if anyone is in Christ, you are new creations. You guys knew that? Yeah, you are new creations. The old has gone, the new has come. Listen, all this is from God who reconciled us to himself, to Jesus, to, to Christ, and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sin, sins against them. That's good news. He doesn't count our sins. He sees us as good. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. I'm telling you today, if you ever felt down and out and unfit, you are valuable in God's eyes and you are unique and you are treasured in his heart. God created you and, in, and I in our own unique way. And he made us this way for a reason. You see, if we compare ourselves to others and we want to be like them, then, then what we're actually doing is despising our birthright, our own uniqueness, and we will never know the truth of why God created us in our own unique way. But he did. God created you unique. And I know this. That we were created in his likeness. And we get to be like him. That's who we can compare ourselves to. We get to be like him and not another man. You see, you're unique in God. And God gives us a, a gifts to reach people that only you can. Only you will reach those people in your own unique way. I won't be able to reach them. You will because you're created that way. You'll be able to reach people for the Lord where most of us can't. That's why you're created unique. That's why we're all different. So today I encourage you, be who you are. Be who you are. God made you that way. You're a child of God with unique talents. Use your gifts. Use the gift that God gave you to reach people in your own unique way for him because others use their unique gifts so that he could reach you and I. Amen? Follow his unique way. Follow his unique plan. Know that you're created unique. Don't ever give away your birthright of who you are. You are a child of God. And then follow his plan. You may put away your Bibles. I found my calling and my uniqueness. And it's reaching out to the lost and the lost people on the streets and the people in prison. And I love serving these people and their families, especially their children. But for a lot of these kids, because of their lifestyle or, or their environment that these children uh, were raised in, for many of them, their uniqueness of who God created them to be have been um, 
taken away from them or destroyed, but what they've, they've seen or learned in, in their lifestyle or in their lives. Last year, we kicked off our first Camp Agape Big Island for our children who's, who, who may be of a parent or parents um, who are incarcerated. And we're getting to, ready again to do that um, this year in May, um, Memorial Day weekend. And last year, your contributions did so much for, for this camp, and you made a huge impact on the lives of these kids. So this morning, would you give your kind attention to the screens and, and just watch what kind of impact your contributions did? Camp Agape was awesome. Let me just say, when um, I was first approached to be a mentor for Camp Agape, it's like, what's Camp Agape? You know, to find out that it's uh, a camp that's designed, it's created for children of incarcerated parents, a parent of both parents. It's like, oh, I'm so in. I've been to three camps so far. At this past camp, I was a junior mentor, and that was pretty cool because I actually got to work with the little kids and not just be there for the camp itself. I remember when I went to my first camp, it was scary because I just didn't know anybody and I didn't know how to love on anybody, but going to the, my first camp, I got to see um, how people love on one another and it helped me to do my junior mentor because it taught me how to love on the little kids and just love on everybody there. I feel like love and joyful, caring about one another. We did ziplining. Horseback riding, we went surfing, and we got some ice shave, praying, and doing the bullheads. So happy, sleeping on a bum bed. <laughs> but the part when I didn't like when I fell off it. I, I remember because it was the day she, she fell off of the bunk bed, oh my gosh. She fell off of the bunk bed and then I went up to her and I was like, oh my gosh, are you okay? And she was just like my little OPV afterwards. And it's just, it's just an overwhelming feeling when you get to see all the love, you get to pass down to them. That's, I don't know, that's how I felt when I met Navelle. Like I knew that she, she was crying when she was talking about her family situations and then I was telling her like, it's gonna get okay because I can do the same thing you have. And are you nervous? Yes. <laughs> I am in a ministry that we see the men and women coming out of prison, but we never get to see the children, right, that are affected by their parents' actions. We don't always pay attention to what they're feeling. And a lot of these kids we found were dealing with trust issues and unforgiveness. You know, you're thinking, what can you do in three days? You know, we're just planting seeds and just pouring out love and see them open up and walls come crashing down. And uh, it's just a, a miracle. It's just amazing to see how God can move in their life. When you go to camp, you don't just go to camp to have fun. I actually went to camp to learn more about how to get how to get rid of all these feelings I have, all these mixed feelings and anger feelings I have with my dad and everything. Because I knew what it was like not having another parent in the house, it was a little bit easier for me to talk to the kids because 
Even when I was there, I thought nobody knew what I was going through, but because I did, it was easier for me to bond with them, it was easier for me to talk with them, and it was a lot easier for me to give them advice on how to get through things. For people who don't know about Camp Agape, their support can be just praying for the children. We're praying for them through this whole time. We're praying before camp starts, we're praying during camp. Everything is needed to make this. They just had such a great time and, and the, there are bonds that were made that now these children come to church and now the child is bringing that caregiver to church with them and we get to see them. So we haven't lost touch with them. love that, that we get to see them and see that their life has been changed. It's, it's, it's God's hand still working in their life. It wasn't just for the weekend. It's for all eternity that their lives are changed. These kids were phenomenal. And you could hear that in their voices. That little girl, Nivelle, who came to our first camp with her brother, along with her brother, just enjoyed herself. And she's been doing devotion. She's been coming to church, her entire family, since Camp Agape, have been coming to this church because of the way that you have loved upon them. Not only the family, but the dad who saw the result of their children through you is now coming to church, who was released from prison. This morning, I'm asking you for help. Whether you want to be a volunteer or a sponsor, if you, you know a child whose parent or parents are incarcerated and needs to attend Camp Agampe, and we... We have some applications for the angels and applications for a volunteer at our information center. You see, we want our heart is to reach these kids and to help them find themselves of who God created them to be, finding their identity. We're going to take up a, an offering, not today, on March 2nd. And I've been praying for this camp since the year started. And I trust that God will provide for this camp because he provided for us last year. So I'm asking you, the congregation, to take this camp to prayer. Take it to prayer and ask God, what do I get to do for this camp? And I ask you to pray for the leaders of the camp and for pray for me. But most of all, would you pray for the children that they may be released and find their own uniqueness in who God created them to be. So on March 2nd, we'll be taking up an offering for Camp Agape. Let's, let's do this. Let's just share the message of reconciliation and let's give it to these kids to Camp Agape Big Island. Amen? Would you bow your hearts in prayer with me this morning? Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you that when you saw us from the beginning of time, Lord God, that you saw us as special you didn't just speak us into existence, Lord God. You didn't just um, speak us to come out of the dirt, Lord God. We didn't evolve from dirt. We didn't evolve from apes. 
we were created in your image, Lord God, and that was your heart. We're created special and unique. And there may be some today, Lord God, that don't know that or they're not feeling that right now. They're wrestling with you, Father. I would pray that you would comfort their hearts. That this message this morning would touch them in such a way, Father, that through your spirit, they're, they're feeling rejuvenated again in who, you, who they are in you. That they get to be the very person that you created them to be in their own way. That may be you this morning. And I'm here this morning with this message to say you are special and you are unique. And that God loves you. Maybe you don't know God. Maybe you don't know Jesus. This Jesus who brought us back to our own uniqueness in identity of God himself. And you're wondering, how do I get that? How do I receive that? Well, the Bible says, ask and it shall be given unto you. And we get to ask God to come into the hearts and, and reform our heart to know that we are a created being in his, created in his image. If that's you this morning, I just want to say a prayer. And you're asking God to be my Lord. Be with me. Help me through this time and bring me back to a place of my uniqueness. And the prayer would go something like this. Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. Forgive me my sins. I receive you as my Lord. Make me the person you created me to be from the beginning of time. Allow me to be your son. Allow me to be your daughter. I trust in you. And I receive you as my Lord and my Savior this morning. If you said that prayer in your hearts this morning, with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, I just ask if you would just raise a hand, just acknowledging God bless you. And I'll pray over you. God bless you back there. God bless you back there. Back there, God bless you. Back here, God bless you. Right here. God bless you. Bless you right here. Back there, God bless you, sister. God bless you, brother, right there. Bless you, bless you back here. God bless you. Father, you see their hands, but most of all, you see their hearts. And they're crying out to you this morning, like God. Be there, Lord. Be there, God. Creating them a, a new heart, a new life. Not by chance, Lord God, but by design. Because that's your plan, and you predestined us in this way. So, Father, lavish your love and your grace upon them, Lord God. That they may become the very person you created them to be. With the special gifts that you've given them so that they too can reach out to the world for you. Thank you for loving us in this way. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.